our third scripture lesson this morning, comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for everyone? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and prudent manager? whom his master will put in charge of his slaves to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. Truly, I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all of his possessions. But if that slave says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and if he begins to beat the other slaves, men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour that he does not know, and will cut him off, and will put him with the unfaithful. That slave who knew what his master wanted but did not prepare himself or do what was wanted will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. From everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. The Gospel of the Lord. Author of life, we thank you this morning for your word and we ask that it would come to dwell within us to transform us in heart, mind, and soul. Amen. Sometimes, Jesus tells a parable, and after hearing it, you just kind of have to go, okay, what on earth is he talking about? And then other times, like today, you can hear one of his parables and go, well, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Not a whole lot of layers to peel back on that one. And really, what we heard this morning was three different parables that all say basically the same thing. Act the way that God expects us to act, because the kingdom is coming. Now, if there's anything that might trip us up about these parables... It's that the language of servants and masters is foreign to our own context. So let me see if I can translate it into something that's a bit more relatable. Be dressed and ready to go. 
Be like those who are waiting for their parents to return home from the store so that they may open the door for them as soon as they get home. Blessed are those children whom the parents find ready to help when they come home. Truly, I tell you that the parents will sit the children down to eat and will serve them. If the parents get home at an unexpected time and find the kids ready to help, blessed are those children. The message is simple. We know how we're supposed to behave, so we better act like it. And the rules are pretty easy. Jesus summarizes them as love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. The prophet Micah summarizes the rules by saying, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Love God, love your neighbors. Those are the rules. And we don't get to love God and our neighbors just when we think people are looking. We've got to be loving all the time because we don't know what time God is coming to fulfill the kingdom. Just like the servants don't know when the master is coming home from the wedding and the kids don't know when the parents are getting home with the groceries. And the next parable reinforces this first one. And quite frankly, this one doesn't really need much in the way of updating. If the owner of the house knew that a thief was coming, he would not let his house be broken into. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Jesus really wants to make sure that we get the point here. Don't rest comfortable thinking that the kingdom isn't coming in your lifetime. We better be ready at any moment. Just when we're most asleep, the most dazed to the sins of the world, is when the kingdom is going to come crashing into our lives. And it's at this point in the story that Peter steps in as a proxy for us and asks Jesus, well, Jesus, who are you talking to? Do you mean this parable for us, your close followers? Or do you mean this parable for everyone? And I feel like this had to just be one of those moments where Jesus sighs, and goes, okay, you want this parable to be about you. Imagine that there's a house full of children, and a parent knows that one of the children is more responsible than the others. So the parent puts that child in charge of the house while they're gone. Now imagine that child realizes that they've been left alone for longer than they thought, and starts treating the rest of the kids harshly eating all the food and sending the others to bed hungry, not sharing the television or the games or the toys with the other children. They'll be in more trouble than if they had tried to be fair and messed up because they knew better. For those who are trusted with responsibility, there will be consequences for abusing that trust. Now, Jesus is highlighting something just a little bit different about that first story. If God trusts us to follow the rules, that is, to love God and love our neighbors, then we'll be rewarded if we do our best to just follow those rules. But if we know that those are the rules, and we think that we can get away with not following them, then we're setting ourselves up for a world of hurt. 
If we think that we can find a loophole, or if we think that we'll just make an exception this one time to God's law of love, we're tricking ourselves about how clever we are and about how narrow God's vision is. And this isn't some new idea that Jesus is pulling out of thin air. This is a part of the story of God's people from the very opening chapters of Scripture. The very first time that we meet Abraham, when he's still going by the name Abram, is in chapter 12 of the book of Genesis. And this is the call that he receives from God. Go from your homeland and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great people, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. These very first words that God speaks to Abram are a promise and a responsibility. I will bless you in order that others may be blessed through you. You see, it's been the vision from the very beginning that the people of God would be God's instrument of redemption in the world. And today we hear Jesus telling his followers, telling us, it's not complicated. You know what to do. Love God. Love others. Love like the kingdom is upon you. Love like I am going to be with you again any second. So the question remains, are we using our blessing to bless others? Or perhaps more fundamentally, how are the ways that we can use our blessing to bless others? I imagine that many of us think of the ways that we can bless others financially. I know that as I was thinking this week, I remembered a blessing that Carrie and I received right after we moved down to Ohio so that I could go to seminary. I was already blessed to have earned a scholarship that defrayed most of my educational expenses, but I was also hoping to apply for a job at the school in order to cover some of my costs of living so that I wouldn't have to rely too heavily on my family or go too far in debt in pursuit of my calling. The only problem is that I got there and found that all of the jobs on campus were currently filled by upperclassmen who had no intention of leaving them in the next year. Then, in my mailbox one day, I found a note from a mysterious donor that said, we've known what it's like to be where you are now. And now that we have enough to be comfortable, we want to share with you what we have. I still don't know for sure who left us that gift, although I have a very short list of suspects. But I do know that I've never forgotten that kindness. And I know that I do the best that I can to pay that debt forward, whether it's to someone at the grocery store who's having trouble with their card or who has a few dollars less than they thought, or whether it's someone sitting by the side of the road asking for money. I know that I'm comfortable enough that now I can share with others. And while helping others with money is one of the ways that we can love our neighbors, I believe that it's the absolute least that we can do. 
the more lasting way for us to bless others with our blessing is to spend our time getting to know them or to use the particular gifts that we've been given for the sake of others. Because usually when we give money to someone, we're in the mindset of doing ministry to them. We have something that they need, so we give it to them without ever having to engage in actually forming a relationship with them. We can do our good deed without risking any fundamental change to our own life. But we also cast off the chance to help build any fundamental change in the lives of those who need the good news of the gospel. If we think of this type of ministry in terms of our analogy of a child looking after the others, it would be like them pulling something out of the fridge, tossing it to the other kids, and saying, okay, figure it out, I'm gonna go be in my room. By the barest minimum, the responsible child has given them something to eat, but I doubt that many parents would be happy to come home to find their youngest trying to figure out how to cook a raw hamburger on the stove while the one left in charge is in their room texting their friends. Instead, when we take the time to build relationships, we engage in ministry with others. And in so doing, we get to know how to best use our blessings. In this scenario, the responsible child will know that the will know what the needs of the others are because they will have listened to them. They'll then be able to use their gifts, in this case, having been taught how to actually prepare a meal, to make something for the others to eat. They'll serve the other kids through the time and the energy that goes into the meal and in making sure that the kids are actually eating something. Now, is this more work for the responsible child? Absolutely. Does it mean that they have to change their own plans? Yes. But does it mean that the other children are better able to trust them in return? Does it mean that through this experience, all the children will get to know one another better? That they will all be able to better work together in the future? That they will all be able to be more honest with one another? This is the kind of life that Jesus instructs us to live today. We shouldn't have to wait for the fulfillment of the kingdom to treat each other with kindness or to listen compassionately to one another. We're expected to do these things now, especially if we put ourselves in the camp of being the responsible children in God's family. So I invite all of us to think about those places where we could spend a little more time getting to know someone. I invite us to think about how we've been using the gifts that we've been given in this life. God is trusting us to reconcile the world to him. And I plan on being ready when the parents get home with the groceries. Amen. Would you please pray with me again? God of gifts and graces, help us to see our own strengths. Empower us to be a blessing to others in return for the blessings that you have given us. 
Help us to love you and to love each other like we are already in your kingdom. Amen.